Ron and Anian. Inspected a car this week that had three bald tires and a uh, brake light that was out. The car doctor. And the answer I got from the customer. And the answer was, well, I don't need the tires right now. I'll wait until the snow comes. And I'm looking at the calendar going, it's September. Um, okay. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. Thanks for taking the time to stop by and join us in the garage this weekend once again. And uh, more information out at cardoctorshow.com. Check out our Facebook page. And don't forget to podcast us if uh, you're not listening to the live broadcast. And click subscribe or favorite, however you might do it. And uh, keep driving the numbers via cardoctorshow.com or spreaker.com. I'm not going to waste any time. Which one first, boys? One. Let's go to one. Let's go to Jerry in New Jersey, 04 Jeep Grand Cherokee, and let's get it rolling because we've got a busy hour coming up. Jerry, what can I do for you? Hey, Ron. Thanks for taking my call. I love You're your welcome. show. Thank, thank you, sir. I, I have a, so I have the uh, driver's side. Uh, it's an 04 Overland, and the driver's side uh, rearview mirror has a heated mirror, and what's happening is the mirror is fogging up like it's burning. It actually looks like toasty right where um, where this sign is for, like, you know, heated mirrors. Right. And I was wondering if there's a short in the system. Sounds like there's a short in the mirror. So, so I mean, let's 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 do this. Can you, you know, I mean, this is just a bit, this is current and voltage. All right, that's that's all it is. It, it sounds to me like you're describing, like, the mirror is actually starting to burn through in that spot on the glass. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's resistance is changing and current's got to be going up or down. Um, if we wanted to troubleshoot this, well, the easiest way, uh, I wonder if the connectors are the same side to side. If you swap mirrors left to right, right to left, and if the problem happened over on the right side, then you know it's not the controls, the harness, it's in the mirror itself, put a mirror on it. If, okay. if, if the controls, if the uh, connectors aren't the same, and I'm sure you could look at a wiring diagram and figure it out and put, put some jumper wires in there and check it, but then at the same time when you did some jumper wires, if you had an inductive amp probe, why don't you measure okay. current draw on the left side versus the right and and, right. and, and see what you got. But it, it sort of sounds like you've got a bad mirror assembly from my seat okay. here, all right, because that is a self-contained unit. There's no – I believe there's no repairable parts. I'll put it to you this way. It's an 04, so it's 14 going on 15 years old. By the time you got that mirror apart with all the little plastic clips, you're going you're gonna to break most of it and have to replace the whole thing anyway. Right. Right. So, all right, okay. and check out. I would check out the price of a replacement mirror before I did anything because you may find that it's expensive enough that you might just be unplugging it and be grateful you have a mirror at this point in the game because that mirror could be four or five hundred bucks. Okay. Wow. All oh, right. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Appreciate it. Thank you're, you. Very you're very much. welcome. Walter in Hawaii. Gee, it, it must be four or five weeks. Um, what's going on, Walt? What can I do for you? Hey, Ron. Aloha. Aloha. Um, uh, on my Corvette, 95 Corvette, the pass key system, or the VAT system, I guess GM calls it, uh, I want to bypass it. And I know that the key, I ohmed out the key at 4740 right. ohms. Right. And I, I'm wondering, now I know on 
there's no more Radio Shack. <laughs> but on Amazon, I was able to get some resistors. Can you tell me exactly where I put those? Well, I, I could, but everybody else has to promise me they're going to turn off their radios because I'm giving away yeah, state I, secrets. I, I said that ahead of time because yeah. I don't want you giving out any information that people could steal cars. So, well, Maui because it's well, right. Take them. <laughs> you know, let me ask you that. If they stole a car on Maui, Walt, where would they take it? It would have to be like an, an, an amphibious car or something. I mean, you know. Exactly. Yeah, so. And you can't, you, can't get, you can't even get them on a barge without right. full documentation of ownership and everything. Cause right. I, I had one shipped here, so. Yeah. It, it doesn't. Car thieves don't have a very big business here. Yeah, I gotta think so. It's like it's a captured yeah. market. If they no steal your intended. car, they call you up and ask you for the manual on the radio. Right. So yeah, it's it's they're polite about it. Um, yeah. There, there's there's there should be this should be a, a VATS or a pass key two system. I think is is what you're describing to me. The, okay. the key has a little black chip in it, and you, exactly. you measured resistance on both sides there's, of the chip. Fifteen possible choices, right. and I look mine up, and right. it's number. So at the, at the base of the steering column, you'll find the two white wires come out of the lock cylinder, and they run down the length of the column, and then they branch, and they, they, they jump into a connector. It should be at the base of the column, and then it'll go to the right, and it goes over to, I believe, the BCM or the, or the PATS module. I can't remember what they had in 95, but basically, if you can pick up those two white wires, that and they're, they're, I believe they were color-coded white, and then they turned into two different colors when they came out of the base of the steering column, if you could pick up those two white wires somewhere in the vehicle... And just put the resistor across it. That's all okay. it is. It's, it's just got to see that resistance value, and it'll just you know put you in automatic bypass. Now there are also some kits out online. I have seen this, and this was my, this is my argument against all the computerization. Right? Here's a vehicle that's 23, 24 years old. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I realize it's a vet, but who really wants to steal it? Uh, you know, it's it's not that it's a bad car, but you can't get parts yeah, for it. You know, we'll it's, go steal it's, a vet. There's some ZO or ZR ones out there. Right. There's there's at. a lot. There's a lot. You know, they're all newer, faster, shinier, etc. Yeah. So there are. If you Google search um, bypass GM pass key two or GM pass key, there are some companies out there. I've seen wiring harness jumper kits, and they'll tell you location and. Uh, you know, it's been a it's been a long time since I've researched this, but I do recall mm -hmm. seeing this a good four or five years ago because it was a common it was a big deal. What if it's a bad Pats module, right? The actual anti theft module itself, and you can't yeah. get one. What are you supposed to do? Junk the car? I guess. Yeah, <laughs> and so that's but, why yeah, the VAT system is uh, really outdated. Right. So I think, Briggs and Stratton made it, as a matter of fact. Well, you know, I I think if somebody really wants the car today. It's called they back. Think about how many times you go out to dinner. How many times you come out of the restaurant? And there's a flatbed picking up a car. Do you ever really wonder? Is that really you his car? Your car on the flatbed. Or somebody just putting the car up on the flatbed and saying bye bye. Uh, yeah. You know, I picked up a new Chevy today, a 2019 Silverado. And during the pre-flight instruction at the dealership, they showed me how when I call OnStar and say somebody just took my truck. Within three minutes, OnStar has the vehicle on track, and they've put it in reduced power mode. They actually slow the vehicle down 10 miles at a time per hour at a clip or something, so with the police chasing it, they can actually catch up to it and catch the guy. I was like, that's it. We just put car thieves out of business. I mean... That's totally cool. I that mean, is totally and, cool. And then they've got vehicle locator. You know, I can go vehicle locator. I can log into myChevrolet.com, and, you know, where's my truck? Boom, boom, boom. Okay, there it is. Uh, you know it's nuts. It's 
So, yeah, I, you, how do you fix any of that stuff? Uh, you buy a new one. Didn't you? Aren't you listening? <laughs> so every ten years, you just go down you got to the store. Put a yeah, yeah, question. Just, go ahead, real quick. Okay, re- real quick. I sent you an email on this, but you probably didn't get it. Trying to start a coming diesel. Uh, did the electrical work? After you've done that, you know the battery, all that sort of stuff. Where do you go from there on a diesel? That it doesn't that, that, it, that it doesn't start. Yeah. No I, crank, no start. I, no crank, no start. Yeah. No, so no you, crank, no start. You you turn the key and the starter oh, doesn't let engage. Re- let me rephrase that. It, it, all that worked. I, I replaced the uh, relay, but I'm just curious if that hadn't worked, where I would have gone from there. Um, if it's a no crank condition. Yeah, and I found the problem, but okay. I'm just curious, had it, that had not been the problem, where I would have gone from there on the diesel. If you had an electric start on your motorcycle, and you had an electric start on your car, regardless of whether it was diesel or gas, where's the first place you'd look? Fuel. I'd look at the starter if it doesn't crank. You're saying... Oh, I'm, yeah, but I, I'm probably not being clear. I got that fixed. Okay. But in my mind, I, I didn't know where I would go if the electrical part didn't fix it. Where would I have gone for, you know, fuel and compression? Well, compression, we really don't worry about. It's got, I would listen to see how it's cranking. I would, I would you mm-hmm. know, does it crank even? Fuel is always a big problem on diesel, and if we're dealing with what ifs, I always take a fuel sample. I'll put it to you this okay. way. But a no start, a no crank, you turn the key and you get dash lights and nothing happens. No sound from the engine compartment, Walter? Mm-hmm. You're, you're chasing the starter circuit. How does that starter engage? What engages yeah. that starter? It's got a crank, whether it's gas or yeah. diesel. After that... Yeah, I, I went right to the uh, clutch switch, and then I followed it to the right. uh, okay. relay, and the relay was bad. Okay. I mean, after that, I you know, if, if it's a crank, no start condition on a diesel, I always look at fuel quality first. I pull a sample. Um, I'll actually check cetane rating in some vehicles, like octane. You know, does it have enough mm-hmm. oomph to kick? And then, you know, we can kind of start talking mechanical stuff from there and pumps and, you know, things like that. All right? Okay, thanks a lot, Ron. You're very welcome, Walter. You take good care. Enjoy Hawaii today. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's coming back right after this. on the wall so you don't forget to call for car advice done right 855-560-9900 now back to ron let's get over to wayne in maine i like that we did that i uh, want to talk about right to repair wayne you're on with the car doctor how can i help well actually it's uh, about the moss magnuson act okay I heard, uh, you had mentioned this i heard it from last week about uh, john deere yeah john deere and the tractors and the right to repair the way they're the way they're limiting the farmers Right. Well, that too. Uh, how can they limit them when the uh, there's a law that says uh, they can't? Well, except for, war- except for warranty work. Right. The issue becomes they're making it so tough to access information. So, so the way it works in auto repair, I'll speak from this. They haven't limited what I have access to. It just costs me X amount of dollars. So as a business owner, I've made a decision that the, the, the five main car lines that I see on a more frequent basis, Toyota, Honda, Ford, GM, Chrysler, all right? Those are the top five. They make approximately 80 85% of my customer base. And, you know, subsequently, Honda, Acura, Toyota, Lexus, Chrysler, Jeep, they're all within that, that they, uh, that they become, you know, that they become 
the vehicles um, I'm working on. If I want to go out and buy information for Nissan, if I want to go out and buy information for some of the other vehicles out there, it, it's, it's going to cost me more, and that's what right to repair Right to repair insures, but it also, because of all this, limits in a sense. So that's part of the problem. Can the John Deere tractor repair guy in the middle of Iowa afford to service all year generations of John Deere tractor for his farmer that's 200 acres in the middle of a field? It, it becomes a cost issue. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. But also, too, what about the loggers? <laughs> right. Well, yeah, and all of this. And, you know, all this technology, it's slowly pointing us to the point that in the direction of you know how can we overcome the cost we're, we're all we're all of us we're all guilty of it you go out to restaurants today everybody's got their head down and their thumb going right i think they're going to start handing out thumb casts sprained thumbs that people are going to be you know spraining their thumbs texting and everything else you know we're all guilty of it we're all calling on this technology and demanding more of it and it's just slowly going to erode our ability to repair and effectively maintain Whatever it is, whether we're a farmer, a logger, a trucker, uh, you know, Harry homeowner, or a soccer mom, it doesn't matter. It's 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 going to become an issue, and it already has. And that's what we have to be aware of: that they're 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 mandating who and what can work on tractors, and that's what right to repair for automobiles is 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 preventing. Um, I, I should point that out: that right to repair is a good thing, but it's not that it's an open market. As an independent repair shop. We have to pay for everything we get to repair that vehicle. Nothing is given to us for free in any large scale or quantity. So, all right, sir. I retired from the automotive industry, had my own business for 37 years. So, you know, you you know from whence I came. It's um, it's, it's getting tougher and tougher as time goes by. Wayne, I got to go. Um, we're up against it, and i got one more to sneak in before the bottom. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your comments. Mike in Connecticut, 01 Camry, overheated. Whew. Yes, sir. Yes, Love sir. your show. Thank Here's you, what sir. I got, Ron. What do you got? I got a 2001 Toyota Camry, four-cylinder, okay? Uh, changed the thermostat and um, uh, started, to, uh, started to overheat. I had a leaking gasket, put a new gasket in from the dealer. Dealer thermostat, put it in, still overheating. Now the radiator started to leak, but it wasn't leaking out of the thermostat. Fixed that problem put a new radiator in there because the radiator was leaking. No leaks, pressure tested it, gets the operating temperature after the car, car warms up. You know, the idiot light goes, I mean, the idiot gauge goes about halfway on the dash right. where it always has been. After a couple, after 15, 20 minutes, it goes past the midway point heading towards the red zone. So I stopped it at three quarters, shut it off. I got, uh, it's either... The, what do you think? I think it's a head gasket. Well, or? are the fans coming on, Mike? Yeah, the fans are coming on. Okay. Hope, yes, sir. If, if fans are coming on and we're getting excessively hot and we, we want to assume, which is a dangerous word on family radio or any other yeah. place, we want to assume that the thermostat is good, we've got one of two things. Either the water pump impeller is loose and spinning, which I, I've seen once in my career on a Toyota 4Banger. I squeezed the hose and it had plenty of suction. Well, I had plenty. You know of pressure. what I'm saying? Both and both hoses are equally hot. Um. Yeah. Okay. If both hoses are equally hot, we got circulation, we've got temperature, we've got a thermostat that's open. Yeah, I'm inclined to think we've got a head gasket issue, uh, even though it's not running rough. Uh, is it or is it running rough? It I didn't ask that question. Running rough when you when I first started it, but after after it warms up, it gets right to uh, you know six six hundred six hundred and fifty RPMs. Okay. So do this. 
All right. But it's you, about normal. It was rough at the beginning, but after it warms up, it gets fine. Do you have a, do you have you don't have a radiator pressure tester, do you? No, I was thinking about pulling the plugs out and see if they're wet. That right. Would well, show I was going to say, gasket, right? if if you could get a radiator pressure tester, pull the four plugs when it's cold. All right. Put a radiator pressure tester on it, so you build some pressure in the system, and walk away. You know, pump it up to whatever spec is on the cap, 14, 16 pounds, right. whatever the number 13, is, 13, and, yep. and, and let it sit. Come back the next morning, take a flashlight, look in the hall, hand crank the motor, look to see, is there any coolant in any of the cylinders? If there is, that's a head gasket, brother. And then at that point, you know, the conversation has to go to, is it worthwhile to fix? Or, right. do, or you know, do we want to put a head gasket in it? Or... Here's an opportunity to use K-Seal. All right, you hear me talk about K-Seal all the time. How many miles are on this car, Mike? 178. All right, so, you well, know. I'm sorry, 184. You, you got to <laughs> figure a head gasket's going to be, you know, somewhere shy of 1,500 to two grand on a, on a 15-year-old car with 170-something thousand miles on it. Go down to your local O'Reilly Auto Parts, get a bottle of K-Seal. You can go to kseal.com for more information. I, to date, have used it in better than a half a dozen vehicles. It's worked in every car. It doesn't create any heater core issues. I haven't had any negative effects. And we'll typically see those cars, they're running down the road a year and a half, two years later. I can't say it's a permanent forever, like a tattoo kind of a fix, but it'll get you a couple of years out of it. I've seen that as a very good result. And usually the reason I don't see it any longer is... Those cars are gone. The customers have, have replaced the vehicles because they've gotten their mileage out of it. At 170-something thousand plus more miles, you know, how many more miles are you looking to get out of it? Another 50, another 100, another 500,000? Another 50. Yeah. But so what is it? You, you, you drain a system out of it, then you yeah, add it as you it, add antifreeze? It, right. It's, instructions are on the bottle. It's real easy to do. A cold engine, you know, drain some out, case seal in, let it do its magic. Uh, this stuff is the latest, greatest technology. I, I put it to the equivalent of all the head gasket sealers in the market. From my side, from where I'm sitting, from what I've seen prior to this, they've all been the Wright brothers in the biplane. This stuff is the space shuttle. All right, this stuff works really well. It's been around a long time. Uh, the real mechanics rave about it. The guys that are trying to book time, don't. they don't like this because it, 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 it loses the head gasket job, if you know what I'm saying. So uh, for that vehicle that's, you know, you hear me talk about it, like we say, for that vehicle that's looking for repair without major money, K-Seal's the way to go, kseal.com. Let me know what happens, Mike. I'm running eating the car doctor. Hey, coming up next, Shannon Spake, Child Safety Prevention Week. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. When the family car needs some fixing, there's only two things that really matter, getting the right part and getting some good advice. It's a pretty safe bet that with over a million parts in stock, Pep Boys has the right part right now. The Pep Boys pros are extensively trained to find the right part for just about any car or truck. Better yet, these pros can also handle the entire installation or service needed. It's always good to have options and know the Pep Boys pros have it covered either way. the car doctor we are back you know just this week at the shop i had a, a customer with a problem with a child car seat and it was interesting to learn that child car seats today are one-time use and i thought that since we are right around that time of year child passenger safety week i reached out to our friends at car star and they hooked me up with shannon spake shannon is obviously a well-known reporter for fox sports covering the nfl as well but more importantly and probably most importantly she's a mom and who better to talk to us about child passenger safety week than shannon spake shannon welcome to the car doctor 
Thank you so much. Yeah, certainly the, the resume with the, the mom of twins who are just about to be nine years old, and, and I, I have to admit they're still in booster seats at nine years old. I know each state has different uh, different criteria that, that you have to meet in order to be in a booster seat, whether it be, um, you know, height, weight, age. But for me, uh, the biggest thing is, is when I look back there, if I see, feel like the car and, and the seat belt is not where it needs to be, I mean, those boys are in booster seats because they're, they're my most precious commodity that I carry around and, and keeping them safe is, is my number one job. You know, it's, it's a sombering statistic, but car crashes, from what I read, are the leading cause of, of, of death for kids between the ages of 1 and 13. And is, is, is that related to how they're in the vehicle? Can you believe that? Like, to me, personally, I, I, I couldn't even, it, it, it frightens me to think that something that I do inside the car or something that's out of my control outside of the car from, a, from someone else um, could completely change my life forever um, because of my children back there. You know, like I said, it's, it is my job to keep them safe. So whatever I can do to keep them safe, whether it be, um, you know, what, whatever it may be, but certainly one thing that I know that I can do, and you and I talked about it, whereas like when we were growing up, car seats weren't, weren't even a thing. But we know that these things keep our children safe, and that's something that I'm going to do. And I think the biggest thing is that people don't realize that, if you are in a car crash, you know, uh, anything above a minor car crash, your car seat could be, uh, could be affected and could be compromised. And you can't see it visibly, but it could essentially not be working the way that it's supposed to be. And so what we're trying to do, CarStar and Evenflow, for this Child Passenger Safety Week is to remind people and let them know that sometimes when, when you bring your car to the auto shop to get it fixed after a wreck, Think about what's in the back seat of your car and what's keeping your kids safe, because sometimes those car seats can be compromised as well. Yeah, you know, when 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 I was raising my kids, when I was growing up, you know, car seat. If you had a car seat, it lasted forever. It, it did everything. It went from car to car, yeah. went from kid to kid. Uh, you know, now it's it's a one-time use thing. So if somebody's out there picking up, and you know, can you comment on this? The concern becomes you're picking up a used car seat. There's a danger in that, isn't there? Well, yeah, they say don't do that. They say that's a big no-no because you don't know the history, you know, of that car seat. It's just like your car. When you go to buy it, you have the, the car facts that tells you everything that's happened to your car. Well, those don't exist for the car seats. So they say never buy, never buy a, a used car seat because you just don't know where it's been or what it's been through. And, again, once again, if you are in a car wreck, and the list, they're minor wrecks. They, they mentioned there's a list on, on the website that you can go to, the NHTSA, which is the National Highway Traffic Safety administration car start even flow are really they have this message out there this week there's there's the list of things that tell you uh when and where your car seat might be okay but i'm one of those people that when i, I look at my husband sometimes and i'll go do you think is this, this medicine is expired by a month do you think it's okay for the boys <laughs> yeah. and if my husband says i think it's okay i think is not good enough for me because right. these are my children and so right. if you think it's okay these are your kids it'd probably be best to kind of err on the side of safety. Right. It's not, me it's not, it's not oatmeal, it's medicine. We want to make sure that we're, <laughs> right, we're, we're exactly. safe. Um, you know, and for those of you just tuning in, we're talking to Shannon Spake from Fox Sports. She's also here on behalf of CarStar and Evenflow talking about Child Passenger Safety Week. Shannon, you know, statistics say there's that people are involved in a car accident once every seven years. So you think about that car seat you find used online or in a garage sale. Like you said, you don't know the history, so you're really rolling the dice because... There could be damage to that seat that you just don't see. 
Yeah, and again, what what we're letting people know this week is that if you have to go and repair some metal or something on your car, or if your airbags are deployed and and there need you need to bring your car into a collision shop or into a car shop, like. That's a, that's a time to also kind of look back there. And, and I don't think it's something that people realize because you can physically look at these car seats and you can go, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. But a lot of times and, and most of the time, the damage is not visible to, to your eye. And so what we're trying to remind people and to let people know is something that I wasn't even aware of before I started working with CarStar and Evenflow on this initiative is that, like, take get a, get a new car seat. Your car's in a wreck. You bring it into the shop, you get a new fender, you get a, a new light, or, or your airbags need to be put back in. Let's think about the things that are in the back that are also protecting our children. Right. Does Just out of curiosity, does insurance cover, in the event of an accident, would insurance cover car seat replacement for the kids? Some insurances do, actually, and, and that's another thing I, I did not know about but some insurances do. So what we are recommending is that when you when you do bring a, a child into the world and, and you have a new member of your family, reach out to your car insurance and, and find out if that's something that they replace. Because if they do, how easy is that? You, you just go to the car insurance at the same time as you're getting your car repaired and you get a new car seat. Uh, it, you know, it's, it can be overwhelming, I guess, picking car seats today. Like anything else, technology just... Well, but you're, you're paying, everything is overwhelming, right, right. Ron? Right, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just technology just, you know, levels us. Uh, if you're... If if you're a, a new parent or you're a grandparent, and you're trying to buy something for the you know for your for your kids to give them for their kids, you know, in the way of a car seat for the holidays coming up and things like that. Where can you go get more information? Is there a place? Yeah, you could go to safekids.org, and these are also places that will help you install the car seats. I know you and I were talking about how complex some of these things are. I think I think actually they do like breastfeeding classes. They do diaper changing classes and they do classes on how to install car seats nowadays for parents. I've got because to tell they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I've got to tell you, it took me the better part of ten minutes to unwrap this car seat out of the car. I was just, I actually took pictures with my cell phone, like the strap goes here and it comes down over the hook and yeah. it goes this way and then it clicks because I knew when the mom, you know, the mom had to leave the car. We had to work on it a couple of days and she had to put the seat into her into her mom's car. And I said, you know, let me help her. I'll get the seat out of this and I'll put it in the other one and. Holy cow! What a procedure! I and she probably came in and did it in like two seconds, right? Yeah, that because, was that like, was yeah. That's and that's the God's honest truth. She really do. Like, oh, you just do a zip, 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 and you know, uh -huh. it's 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 like you know, if you want to understand how to use your Droid phone, you just get your kids to do it. It's it's the same thing. Get the mom to fix the car it seat. It can be overwhelming, yeah. especially for new parents to figure out how to put car seats in. It's just one more thing. You're leaving the hospital. I remember leaving the hospital with the boys when they were first born, and literally the stories. You know, you hear it. You're going ten miles an hour down the highway because you're most precious commodity is back there and, and yeah. as they get older we get more comfortable with them inside the cars and so we have to be aware when something they're sitting in has been compromised right. and, and there could be an issue with that and i think this is i mean i think this for any parent this is such a great wake-up call to go wow I, I didn't even know that that's something i had to do because it certainly has been for me and at the very least, you know, when we think of car seat, it's not just, you know, do I replace it after the accident? How about this week we all go back there and tug on the straps? Is everything routed correctly? Are we connected? Is it tight? You know, if, if you find that you're putting the, 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 the child in the seat, yeah, it kind of wiggles around a little bit. Something's loosening not up. And it, yeah, not good. It's, <laughs> it's got to be ready. Um, so, listen, Shannon, I appreciate you taking the time with us today. Where can the listeners go for more information? Again, so CarStar and Evenflow have... 
teamed up to, to push this to push this message to let people know about this awareness. So you could check out their websites because they certainly have links to all of the places that you need to go. But safekids.org is one place, and then the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, which Perfect. is NHTSA. They uh, they have all of the guidelines and all of the criteria. Again. They'll also help you for new parents or, or older parents who, or grandparents who need to know how to put in the car seats properly. But I think the most important thing is be aware when these things may need to be changed. And in the event of an accident, they do. Okay. Hey, listen, Shannon, we appreciate you being here today and spreading the word. We're going to do our part for you. And uh, thanks, by the way, you're doing a great job up there on Fox Sports. We enjoy watching you. Ah, thanks, Ron. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. You take good care, and we'll talk to you again real soon. I'm Ron Anini, The Car Doctor. We are back right after this. Don't go away. For the best in car advice, give Ron a call. 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron. And once again, thanks to Shannon Spake for taking the time to talk to us about Child Care Safety Week. And um, you know what? The, the car seat thing is big, and we've got to be aware of it. I, I did not realize that car seats are a one-time-use-only option. So, uh, you know, I learn something every week. And it's not necessarily just about the mechanical side of cars. Let's go and talk to Al. Al, welcome back. Where do we stand with this car, this Malibu of yours that hasn't started? Bye. Uh, you, I had a bad connection. I didn't hear all of what you said. I'm sorry. Oh, I just you know this is you, this is Al from Maine with the Malibu that doesn't start. I did see I did see your scope pictures, Al. Mm-hmm. Um, and they look like looks like the crank sensor's working. Um, yeah, it it's, is. It's, it's hard for me to see. It was hard for me to see in the pictures exact scope settings, and that's you know that's that's a true lab scope that you're using, not necessarily an automotive scope. So it wasn't it Correct. wasn't exactly what I was expecting. I was expecting cam and crank laying over the top of each other and to show the index marks of of uh, where the timing cycle is to make sure that everything is lined up and timed correctly um mm-hmm. you know the other thing i wanted to mention was I've, I've been thinking about this car this car has cranking rpm on a scan tool correct yes and the injectors did you ever listen to the injectors to see if they're clicking yep they are yeah, yeah matter of fact it floods the flogs right so you know to me this car has got this car's got a good crank signal. It's it's you know whether or not cam signal's working. Yeah, it is. We we did a scope test on that as okay. well. So we've got, got crank. A we've got cam. Pattern out of it. And we've got injector pulse. Do we have spark? Yep. Uh, now that's a little bit bewildering. Um, I got the bright idea to put a, a timing light on it. That's you okay. Know, I made the mark on the crank just to see if it was would light in the correct place. Right. It it won't light a timing light. Uh, however, when you pull uh, the uh, the wire off the plug, you can put a screwdriver in there and you can make a blue spark jump half an inch. It seems to have a good strong spark. To uh, have another customer with an identical engine put diamond light on it, flash like crazy. But for some reason, this one won't flash a diamond light. Well, you know, I just I'm trying to be accurate in the test. Can mm-hmm. we can we spend twenty bucks and get a spark plug tester with a little alligator clip on it, rated for the system? Yep. You know, and just or 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 at the very least, can we? You know, they'll you know the local auto parts store will have it. One of those black plastic with the graduated. Oh, I've, I've got on one it. of those, but like I say, if you put a screwdriver in right. and hold the ground, it'll jump a blue spark half an inch. It's All got right. plenty of spark. It's got plenty of spark. So if it's got fuel, it's got spark. Either we've got either we've got restricted exhaust, or we've got we've got a compression issue, or something mechanical in the way the engine is timed. Hundred fifty pounds compression each cylinder. All right. 
Then we've and got... And timing is perfect. I've had the cover off. Then you're missing something now, because in my mind, I know. if you've got spark, you've got fuel, you've got the engine mechanically timed, have you tried Have you tried lowering the exhaust to see if it starts? That's what I'm going to try next after right. this. You, you mentioned that, and, and I'm going to try that. And then this ran, right? This ran up until you did what? You did something with this. Until I put in the cam sensor. I backed it out in the yard, and it hasn't started since. And you've swapped that cam sensor back out, right? You put the other one back in, I'm sure? No, I haven't, Why because we... it ran when I put it in. did the same thing it has all along. Well, just for giggles, you've come this far. Why don't we retrace? Yep. Why don't we retrace our steps and put a cam set, put the cam sensor back in it that it ran with, um, right. while it's there? Uh, the cam sensor pickup. I know. I know you said you scoped it and you had a signal, but mm -hmm. the the cam sensor pickup. Uh, that's a. I believe on the on the cam sprocket there should be a a, a magnet. How does that work um, on this? I'm trying to think. I, I think on the on the cam it has like a notch taken out of it, okay. and that's what your the sensor picks up on. Okay, so let's uh, let's look at that. Is that is that? But you're saying the cover you've had the cover off and the engine's in time. Yes, but it's still backfiring out the intake. I don't know. Yep. Well, backfiring out the intake. It it's, sounds just like the time. It sounds like a time and time chain has jumped. Right. Uh, just what it sounds like. But when you disconnect the injectors. And the spark, turn it over, it sounds normal. Right. You know what an engine sounds like, you know, when the, oh, when sure. the timing is off. It'll, yeah. it'll turn easy, and then it fetches up, and, you know, that's just what it acts like. Before you drop the exhaust, go over that cam sensor again. There's something there. Something's, yep. something's throwing this thing out of time. Um, it's, it's how the computer's interpreting it. Put the other cam sensor in it, see what happens. We'll try it. All right, call me next week. Thank you. You're welcome, Al. Good luck to you. 855-560-9900. We're back right after this. Just take your place in the driver's seat. Driver's seat. Welcome back. Ron and Andy, the car doctor, winding it down this hour. Just another quick hour flew by a car doctor. Loved it. Had a great time. I hope you did, too. Um, I was going to do a Mitchell Real Fix Sure Track Fix of the Week, and actually I could, but I have a real-life story to tell you myself. So Mitchell's Real Fix Sure track fix of the week talks about a Mercedes-Benz, a C300, that wouldn't start because the battery kept falling below required voltage. And it had a drain on it. It was a 2008. The engine didn't start. And the problem with the vehicle turned out to be the seat adjuster switch. The seat adjuster switch and the customer's complaint was, hey, once in a while the engine won't start. And it, no start became a no crank. Remember Walt from Hawaii this hour? We were talking to him and I kept saying, is it a no crank? Is it a no crank, no start, or just a no start? It's always important to explain that to your mechanic. Do you turn the key? Does it click? Do you hear it make any sound? No sound? Do you have dash lights? If you have dash lights, you've got a classic no crank, no start, but dash lights work scenario, and that will tell the mechanic something is up with the vehicle or what's up with the vehicle, at least give them a starting point. In the case of this Mercedes, it turns out that the battery was falling just below minimum voltage. Not by much, by two-tenths of a volt, the onboard computers wouldn't fire up. The car wouldn't start. I had something similar in the shop this week, a 2010 Lincoln MKX that is giving me, well, giving me a hard time because it's going through this intermittent crank, or I'm sorry, no crank, dead battery, and it won't shift out of park when I finally get it to start because the charging system can't keep up with the faulty battery. 
and it's pulling minimum voltage down below spec, throwing the car into fits. Put a battery in it. We'll see what's going to happen Monday, and uh, we'll diagnose that and talk about that more next week. And until that time, this time like every time, I'm Ron Annie and the Car Doctor reminding you, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya. 